Welcome to a special episode of Was It Good? Do you like Baby Yoda slash the child? Do you want a Baby Yoda slash the child? Stay tuned to find out how to get one. I'm your host, Robbie, and I'm joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. We're talking Last Dance, Rick and Morty, and some Star Wars tidbits, and other news around the entertainment industry. This is a bit different setup for us since we said goodbye to Westworld and the Clone Wars last week, so we hope you're ready for this hotness. Also, today is the 15th anniversary of Leroy Jenkins! I know you feel the need to say the child, but yes. nobody knows it by the child. No one. But I said baby, I just said it covers. I know, but mm. <laughs> I'm not doing the intro for a <laughs> no, third no. time. No, no, no. We're not doing it for a third time. No. I just want to let you know you changed my beautiful intro. Well, we had to change it from the first first time because you forgot your youngest brother. So <laughs> I thought his name was. Randy. Are you are you a reliable narr- narrator to the audience anymore? I, don't, I never have been. I don't think so. Never have been. What is it with the Nolans and not liking reliable narrators? I think that's anybody in storytelling anymore. Like the, I think. You have to now to make an interesting story. You have to have an unreliable narrator because then you're shrouded in the idea of maybe ifs, buts, or, or just where you're in the like <laughs> you don't gray. know what's, you don't know what's real exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it, then it causes this entire like discussion, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to painting a movie where it's like. Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter is kidnapped by his old military group. He grabs a bunch of guns and he goes and he murders a bunch of fucking people, saves his daughter. The end. It's very black and white. Actually, but it's a great movie. Actually, sure. <laughs> that's a perfect segue into our first thing uh, right off the top. Is Michael Jordan a reliable narrator for his own documentary? Absolutely not. Fuck no. No. We had a great conversation on our call today at work about that. Well, for this, he's definitely not because he, first of all, commissioned this documentary back in the 90s. It's his footage. He decided when it was going to be released. Mm -hmm. He specifically released it this year for a reason. Uh, and it was supposed to come out in July for a very specific reason. Mm. What Uh, was the reason? The reason being uh, LeBron James was... You know, had a good chance of going to an NBA Finals with the Los Angeles Lakers and had a good chance of winning, which would have been his third championship. LeBron James is the first person to come along who is a serious threat. That would have been his fourth championship. Fourth championship, right? Yeah. But he's the first. He's the first superstar since Jordan played mm-hmm. to come along to be a serious threat and in the discussion of being the greatest of all time, right? Yep. Uh. uh a third, uh, a championship with a third different team for LeBron would have opened this conversation up. That is why Jordan had this documentary commissioned for this year to be like, "Oh yeah, you're all talking about LeBron James. I'm Michael Jordan. This is why I'm the goat." So no. So this sounds like just a person whose ego got in the way. <laughs> all right. So I mean, if you know anything about <laughs> Michael Jordan, and actually, episode seven, he kind of admits that. He says, yeah, I was a hard teammate. He rode his teammates hard. He's like, and that's why the Bulls have six championships. It's because he treated his teammates like yeah. that. But why, but why, though? Because he does have a giant ego. He wanted to win. That desire was so strong, right? And nothing was going to stop him from accomplishing that. My question is this. Michael Jordan clearly is the commissioner behind his own documentary. <laughs> what is the percentage that we put at of what we're watching that is, as we see it, like fact, or or can we take this thing at face value for the most part, or what do we think has been changed from reality, or is it all real, it's just from a certain point of view? I guess 
Here's the thing, like, I don't want to get, like, too top level here and then go all the way deep here, but, like, a documentary is supposed to retell something, something that actually happened and give us more information and potentially shed new light or shift our thinking and et cetera, et cetera. With the Michael Jordan documentary thus far, a lot of the information that has been presented is not earth-shattering brand new like there are other documentaries that have been done without michael jordan's blessing right or without his input or whatever where it gives us similar information like a lot of this stuff is not super super new to your casual fan to your person who just wants to turn on netflix or or excuse me or espn just watch something for the sake of watching i mean yeah this is a lot of new and interesting information like we said at the very get-go a couple of weeks ago, like for a lot of people, their first introduction to Michael Jordan was like through fucking Space Jam, mm-hmm. right? And there is a lot more information there. Um, with this documentary, like I said so far, like I don't know if this a lot has been changed. I think it's just it's just a it's just an info dump. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is doing anything beyond the fact of stroking one man's ego mm-hmm. and making himself relevant in a time when. I th- I think one of the most interesting uh, comparisons I saw was you know w- what would Michael Jordan's legacy person being be in a social media driven world today? I actually I would make the argument that'd be worse. Yeah, he'd, he'd probably be way way it, worse. It, yeah. it, his his reputation would actually be worse if he played today. Not he he would you know say that you just take Michael Jordan as good as he was. Let's say the Bulls win six championships, but Twitter exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the gambling stuff would have been way more prevalent. And if anything, in episode seven, we see that really dogged him, right? And that's a big reason why he felt compelled to retire right. um, after the, th- the first uh, three-peat. So, but can you imagine him having uh, a gambling accusation or, you know, the media having a field day with that? But that conversation taking place online on Twitter where yeah. everyone can chime in? Well, I mean, there's a similar NBA player in Kyrie Irving in terms of, like, Kyrie has obviously faced a ton of media scrutiny because he's a weird guy, right? And he does a lot of he does a lot of erratic things. Jordan did a lot of erratic things in his day, too, right? He had the gambling controversy, the way he rode his teammates. Can you imagine all of that coming out in real time and people reacting to it in real time on social media? It would be the same thing that happened with Kyrie, honestly. The the, the two retirements and unretirements coming back for the wizard, like for the Wizards, like people instantly reacting to that with all of the information being dumped by reports this, reports that. I mean, you see it with athletes today. Tom Brady, for example, today a report came out that him and Josh McDaniels hated each other, right? <laughs> so then people were piling on on Tom being like, oh, you just want it out, blah, 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 this, this, this. You're weak. <laughs> and then the athlete also has time to respond as well. So then Tom Brady responded and said, this is fake news, blah, blah, blah. Now, imagine that also consuming part of Jordan's life. He would have – part of the brand, part of playing, right? Jordan was a great player, but he had the brand of basketball and trying to be neutral – you, it's very hard to be neutral in basketball and in sports today, today when you yeah. have to have a social media presence. If he was just, he would not be the goat in today's world if he did not reply on social media and have a social media presence. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily um, because there's a great example of someone who um, doesn't do that stuff, take a side or you know on social media. His name is Tiger Woods, and he's the golf goat. 
goat. In fact, yeah, but, he has kept single-handedly golf relevant. But right? well, here's the thing though: Tiger's prime and most of his career was not in the social media age. It started in the 2000s, and by the time but social media, but he still, but he was still winning championships during social media, right? Uh, and the barely, no, barely, no, really, social, barely. The social media age, right? Really didn't start until post 2010. Tiger's was declining post 2010. Was he winning championships after 2010? He's won one major since 2010. Hmm. So I would I would say he was already Tiger Woods by the time social media. The one came in out. the golf world that has like taken him by storm is Phil um, Mickelson. Thank you, and that's just because he's a really weird dude. <laughs> like he's super goofy. He does weird ad campaigns, and he's taken to the social side and like just had fun with it. Hmm. Um, and I think I don't know. I think athletes have taken a leaf. A leaf out of the book? <laughs> I don't know what the phrase is, but like they've gone back and like they saw what Jordan and folks did and they saw how these mm-hmm. athletes of old acted and they've made sure not to repeat some of that behavior in today's world because like we said, like it is like some of the stuff that we're seeing that Jordan has said and done, et cetera, would be a career ending move in today's social yeah. media era. The, the way and it, I think that's just normal across the board. The way he treated his teammates, that you couldn't do that, and that doesn't come out. Look at what happened with Kyrie in Cleveland with LeBron. They wouldn't talk to each other. Kyrie in Boston, you know what I mean? Like All of that stuff gets out today. That's why Jordan is still unique, because he lived in an age where he was sheltered in a way because there wasn't social media. Mm. He couldn't treat his teammates like that in today's world without that getting out and really negatively impact like i think more so impacting that team today i don't think it would last Mm. obviously besides the logistical reasons of salary cap and everything else being different and you couldn't probably keep that core together as long as they did anyway if you have scully pippen make it (laughs) 122nd ranked salary in the league today yeah you suppose can keep them but pippen can get traded much easier today than he could in the 90s in the way that the structure works with salary cap and contracts and whatever. Maybe. I'm not I'm actually not too positive on that. But. So overall though, did you like episode seven? Yeah, I haven't watched episode eight yet. I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, I did. I liked uh, episode seven. Um, you know, recapped uh the him retiring the first time, um, his dad dying and uh him riding his teammates, you know, really really tough you know, tough love. Um yeah, very, very compelling episode. I loved it. Still good. It's still the best thing on television right now. So, would you be saying that if the world was normal? I mean, I, I think I said that last week. I'm not sure if I did, but I've been asking. I've, I've asked myself. I've yeah. asked myself that a few times, yep. and I'm actually uh, not. Uh, I'm actually not too sure. I think the circumstances again would be different, though, right? This doc was supposed to be released post NBA Finals, so the conversation around it would be different, right? If LeBron had won. Oh, it'd be big time different. It would be right. So that yeah. the, the con- that was the original rollout plan for this doc. It was Hell, I think this is the response to the LeBron winning his fourth title. Hell, I think the editing and everything would be. I think the entire structure of the doc would have been different, mm-hmm. right? We we're, we entered this doc in a period where we just don't know what would have been in the twenty eighteen twenty or what are we? What year is this? Twenty twenty. The twenty twenty season. Sorry. I forget that this year existed because I hate it so much. <laughs> a lot of people feel like that. Speaking of things that I hate. Oh, God. The new trilogy. Wow, <laughs> we're jumping there first, huh? Hells yes. So, the new recently, trilogy of what? The new trilogy of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember Episodes I... 7, 8, and 9. And I, <sighs> I say hate with a grain of salt. I just do it to trigger you. Um, 
Christian and I recently, uh, it was post uh, May the 4th, which is a, a uh, merchandise holiday where you go and you buy all your cool Star Wars stuff because you need more stuff. <laughs> and uh, Christian and I were having a good conversation for once in our lives about 7, 8, and 9 yeah. and how you could potentially fix it. And we came to a very simple... <laughs> Yet pricey <laughs> conclusion. Oh man, yeah. And the way you would fix seven, eight, and nine. I'm just gonna give the the quick oh top level, and then we'll go into the details here. Is you would do what we and by we, I think Arjun, did you ever read the Dark Disciple, or the Dark Trilogy, or any of that stuff? No, I didn't. So there are a couple of books in the expanded universe that came out post Episode Six, which were seven, eight, and nine, and they talked about basically a potential 7, 8, and 9, what it would look like. It was a graphic novel. It was very, very interesting, very dark and It was mystical also, also and a series of novels under the New Jedi Order. Yep. A bunch of like sci-fi authors wrote this like beast of a series. Yeah. I think it's like 14 to 20 books or something of what you're about to discuss. And, and basically, it was what we, you know, I don't want to like classify this, but expanded Star Wars nerds kind of hoped that 7, 8, and 9 would be... And unfortunately, what we got instead was a new, um, air quotes, generation of Jedis, the fall and the removal of the Skywalker family name, or passing it on to somebody else and and the actual characters that you grew up and loved dying, Um, and and a whole new order of Imperial, whatever the fuck came about, a a new thing, a new rebellion called the Resistance, (laughs) a bunch of... Just rehash, basically. Basically rehash. uh, So what we figured, in order to fix everything, is you take the idea that we saw in in Dark Disciple and you make an episode 9, 10... Or, excuse me, make an episode 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. So you make more movies to fix the problem. Christian, give the details. Oh, man. You're going to just throw this all on me. Okay. The idea goes like this. New Jedi Order and the Dark Disciple is that there's a threat outside of the galaxy. It's an external threat. It's a threat that is immune to the Force. Where do we see uh, in the in these novels and in the uh, the graphic novels? We see basically uh, Luke Skywalker heading up this brand new Jedi Jedi Council and this like you know the ragtag Jedi like that coming back up, uh, and they are now forced to deal with this external threat. And during the course of these novels and comics, you find out that this external threat from outside of the galaxy is what Emperor Palpatine was actually trying to guard against. He created the Empire and the Imperial Army to try and get the galaxy ready for this external threat, which is immune to the Force. The Force does not work on this Force. Uh, We actually forgot to even talk about that Mm -hmm. when we were discussing it. So that, in, in my opinion, that's where these movies should have gone. Uh, it's Luke Skywalker and this new group of Jedi, and the biggest, the biggest, bigger threat than the Sith is a force that isn't even affected by uh, uh, by the Force. My thinking, oh, our thinking, is that an episode uh, ten, eleven, and twelve could be essentially be the same story. It would be Rey Skywalker who has now created a new Jedi Council and is, you know, and they're training this ragtag bunch of Jedi and you have the exact same thing. Now, you actually make the story maybe even better in two ways. Uh, one, she is the granddaughter of Palpatine, the, f- the, the figure who was trying to create 
this anti-external force, you know, through the, the means of the Imperial Army, right? Second, she's not even a real Skywalker. So now if she is leading this group and she is trying to be the, this voice where, like, this is what we got to do to stop these guys, and, you know, people can be like, you're not even a real Skywalker. How can we even trust you? Which adds even more drama to the situation. Yeah. Well, she's half clone, too. So, Well, she's that's not confirmed yet. No, it is. Palpatine's son was a clone. That was is that confirmed. real? That's a confirmed in a book. In one of the, in the, a book? Novel, the novel things. Anyway, we're not, we're, not go- <laughs> we're not going there right now. But, Whatever. But uh, the, new tri- and the new trilogy would be this, you know, the, this new ragtag Jedi group and the rest of the galaxy trying to hold off this force. And you realize Palpatine wasn't a total, you know, power-bent, crazy motherfucker. He was, but he, he, there was also a reason behind it, right? And Rey would be a great way as this new Skywalker to sort of really have the Jedi redeem themselves. It basically gives, like, a better reason than good versus... Good versus evil is always a good, interesting story, whatever. But it also gives a better, like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, one person wanted to destroy everything. Cool. The problem with that that I always find is, like, sure, he made an entire empire, and everyone has to obey to the empire. It's like... They're just fighting for the sake of fighting, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's asking or the getting question. power for the sake of getting power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's asking, like, well, what happens when you get the power, right? right? It's not like in Gundam where it's the coordinators versus, like, the pure humans, right? <laughs> you know, it's a tie into Gundam, yeah. right? You're tra- they're trying, like, in the, it, like, I know I say it as a joke, but in that, the goal of, like, the psychopaths and that whole thing is ex- complete extermination, while the Empire, the First Order, the idea is, you know, everyone is now part of this collective or whatever. But that doesn't work either, right? People naturally don't want that. They need, like, a singular right. thing. And with this new trilogy, it just never made sense as to why a cult group... It's a cultist group that is backing, ultimately, Palpatine on uh, Exegol? Exegol, yeah, yeah. Exegol, the planet. That's how he gets his the Final Order fleet. And the planet killing weapons, they're a bunch of cultivists. But it's like, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, like the Jim Jones group, they got a bunch of people together and clearly it's very powerful, et cetera, et cetera. But like in a galaxy wide scenario, I don't know if that would work. Well, it, it just, but like you hit the nail on the head. Whether, whether it works or not, we've seen that story. We saw in the first two trilogies, right? Like, do we need to see another, you know, blatant good versus evil? Like, I thought the whole point we could move into this more gray area where, yeah, you know, you can use the dark side to accomplish good things, or you can use the light side to accomplish bad things. That's far more interesting. Also, we've already seen, there's already been a couple of references to things outside of the guys. I can think of two off the top of my head. Admiral Thrawn, mm-hmm. the novels. Um, uh, Palpatine, I believe, will sends him, I haven't finished the novels, but I think eventually sends him beyond the galaxy to deal with some stuff. Yep. And Thrawn himself is from outside of the galaxy, I believe. And number two is Rebels. Uh, Ezra um, and Thrawn, get, ironically enough, get thrown beyond the galaxy. They go, they leave the galaxy. They They're outside it, yeah. the galaxy, and yeah. some other characters have to go find them. So there's also reference in um, fuck. What's the new game called? Oh, I Jedi t- Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. 
there's reference into that game where um, an old Jedi master before Order 66 is put into place is running around to various Jedi temples. This is ma- major spoilers. Major spoilers for you guys if you're going to play the game. But I'm not. He references an, an alien race that predates like the Grand Republic. This this alien race is even before the time and the events of like the old Republic that we know in the Expanded Universe. They're super, super old, and they died and ran away from something. It's never explained what that something is. So maybe, you know, good old Lucasfilm and, and the Star Wars storyboard, maybe they're already thinking, yeah, maybe there does need to be something. Like, because the galaxy is is finite, right? It's a, it's a thing, yeah. right? There is stuff beyond that thing, yeah. right? There's this whole universe, right? Mm. So why – the question's always been like, why, yeah, why can't there be something beyond – the force, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So it'd be nice if, if you want to continue the whole trilogy thing, I th- and you want to like really bump it to that next level. I think in episode 10, 11, 12 would really push it into that weird, different space, and could be kind of cool. And by the way, you know, it, it pains us to even say that there needs to be a 10, 11, and 12. If if seven, eight, and nine had done this, we would need a 10, 11, and 12. But in my opinion, that's the only way to wrap up the Skywalker saga. Properly, I think the way to wrap it up is not to touch it again. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I know. No, Star- I, I mean, know that's if, how you. If you want to make more Star Wars movies, get out of this time frame. Mm-hmm. Get out of this area. Get out of the familiar planets. Get out of all this familiar order of setup with a Senate and a Republic and an Empire and a Jedi Order, and do something different. Honestly, that's what we're that's... saying. You go beyond the galaxy. No, but don't don't connect them. Don't like go go a hundred thousand years in the future. Go twenty thousand years in the past. Like get. It doesn't have to connect to any of these characters. Like, move on from the new trilogy. The sequel trilogy is done. We don't need to see any of those characters ever again. Question for you. Question Nobody for wants to see them. Question again. for you. Out of all of the Star Wars content that has come out since 1977, what piece of content has come out that does not connect in some way to the Chosen One or the Skywalkers? Are you talking canonically? Just every, every, everything. Expanded. All of it. Lots of the Old Republic. Nice of their old products. Doesn't, it doesn't connect to the Skywalker. Talks about the Chosen One. Yeah, but it doesn't connect to the Skywalker. Still about the Chosen One, which is the Skywalkers. Yeah, but it's still different enough where... Is it, it though? I mean, I, it's still lightsabers. It's still Sith. It's still good versus evil. And it's still, it's still before. And it still pushes you back. I don't know if... I don't know if you could throw something out there, say Star Wars, and then it not relate to the whole thing and people still be interested. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I don't think you know unless you try. They're never going to try. It's a money thing. They have to know that there's a return on investment. They won't try otherwise. Business, business 101, right? If you push out the same product for 100 years, your company will eventually collapse. Just look at Are the, you talking about the oil industry? I'm talking about any business, anything out there that ever has existed. Unless you change and adapt, you will eventually falter out, right? Look at some of the biggest companies 20 years ago. The Walmarts and the Sears and the Toys R Uses of the world. So many of those are gone, right? I think JCPenney just filed for bankruptcy, right? They used to be one of the biggest department stores in the country, and they just filed for bankruptcy. Why? Because they didn't adapt. If Star Wars wants to survive and continue on, Mm -hmm. adapt. If you're going to keep putting out the same story, people are going to stop showing up. So either you try something new, and you may fail, or you keep doing what you're going to do, and you're definitively going to fail. That's my opinion on the matter. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, 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 my argument would be what we proposed is different enough, and the story is different enough. It goes beyond good versus I w- I evil. I would say, I would just say, but 
but move past move past the Ray and stuff. Do it with different characters. Do it the different time different time period. You yeah, know? Like, I mean, I, you could do that. I don't think you need to do it with these characters specifically. Yeah, for, would, to make it a good trilogy. I think like I think that is a cool concept. But like, why why even tie it with this group? Tie it like further into the future and change change stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we need any more on Ray. I don't think we need anything more on on those characters. Honestly, like. They weren't super compelling to me. Yeah, they weren't. And <laughs> and but you know, part of the reason why is because they tried to make them yeah. like the old. You know, it, uh, it's just let's not even go back there. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but you do have uh, people in your corner, Juna. Uh, Lag and cheese. Let the franchise die. Thank you. I assume that's Aaron. Let the past die. Kill it if you oh have to. Oh my god! You're quoting Star Wars to destroy Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's next, sir? Well, continuing with the same theme of things I dislike. What? Movie theaters. They're fighting back. You hate movie theaters? No, I love them, actually. <laughs> they're great. You get yeah. the stale popcorn, the sticky floors, the children <laughs> kicking your chairs. Ew. It's a great experience. Yep. I love it. <laughs> I love <laughs> the make-out it. corner. Uh, but yeah, movie theaters, they are, they're jumping back in. They're, um, they were not... I guess, Arjuna, you you found this article, so I'll let you kind of tee this one up. So, obviously, with the pandemic and social distancing going on, movie theaters have been losing a ton of money, as most of them have been closed around the country and in a lot of places around the globe. Uh, And so, with a lot of movies delayed or, you know, pushed back, uh, production companies and and studios have to figure out what are we going to do with all this like this content we have sitting there and that's done you know and a lot of the blockbusters have obviously been pushed back one of the biggest names was fast and furious nine being pushed back a full year right Uh, and that movie's done that's in the can Uh, (laughs) so people were like whoa what's happening here um universal specifically was the first studio to take the approach of why don't we do vod releases direct you know direct to consumer you know, uh, a little bit of a higher rent charge to see these movies that are supposed to be on theaters. The move, the big movie, the big one they were doing was uh, Trolls World Tour. It was, I believe, don't don't hold me to this, the first blockbuster e type movie. You know, first big big theatrical wide release to be you know during this pandemic to be released um, direct to VOD. I believe it was twenty dollars to rent um, to see it, and it. It did really well, right? Because it was new content that was out there. It was a family movie. People rented it. It made a ton of money. Uh, and it worked. So we're like, okay, we're, we're not going to make the same amount of money we were going to make if this came out in theaters. Uh, but we're still making something. Right. So people, it put, a lot of people applauded it, right? Like, oh, this is good. Like, you're giving to the consumer. We're giving back to you. It works out. This isn't going to just sit on a shelf and gather dust and then maybe become obsolete in a year. This is great. Movie theaters, though, were the people that were left out, right? Because... Their theaters are still empty. They're not making any money. They need new movies to make money. And so movie chains like AMC are fighting back now and saying, hey, Universal, guess what? Because you didn't uh, stick to the original plan of releasing this movie in theaters, we're not going to be showing any of your movies now. (laughs) How does that work in a time period where you can't go see a fucking movie? Well, as we know, some states are going to open up. I believe movie theaters in Texas have already reopened. Jesus. uh, Even though there aren't many new movies coming out, per se. Uh, This is really for down the road, right? When we're kind of back to normal. And, uh, you know, who's going to budge first? Is AMC going to be like, all right, fine, you know, come on back? Guarantee AMC will budge first. Or is Universal going to be like, you know what? 
We're not. We're weird. I, I, I hate to you. AMC yeah. is going to budge first. Here's the thing. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Movie theaters and and like people going to theaters has been on the decline for like the last ten years. For it sure. has. Why do they keep making breaking records? They keep breaking records because of like the big blockbusters, right? If yeah. all of a sudden they stop oh, putting the blockbusters, like general? here's the thing: the theaters they need the studios. The studios have figured out their own distribution platform where they don't need the theaters anymore. Disney Plus is a big one. Like the thing with the Disney Plus platform is it's a um, VOD, basically like CMS database, right? Where you're just uploading videos and it's you're everyone's able to access everything. They haven't figured out technically how to kind of like adjust it. it through tier it through paywalls. Once they figure that out, they do not need that should be simple. Well, very, how, I, how have they not figured that it, out? It probably is simple and they'll probably figure it out in a week or so. But once they have that in place, <laughs> like iTunes, for example, like once that model is in place, yeah. You don't need a fucking movie theater anymore. That's well, not true. Yeah. I do think there are some spectacles that people do want to see on the big screen. The blockbusters. The Avengers Endgame. Hold on. The Star Wars. Hold on a second. Well, in Hollywood, what theater does Disney own again? Oh, the El Cap. That's right. They have their own theaters. Yeah, but they don't. They don't own thousands of theaters. Yeah, they well, don't. Hey, that's the thing. So and guess what? The the two billion dollars don't just come from Hollywood. They come from the middle of bumfuck Kentucky, and you know, you know, all those other China states where Disney doesn't own. Does, does Disney Disney's not a McDonald's where they own enough, you know, no. real estate to open up three thousand theaters. But we're getting to a point, and this happened actually a while ago before the entire. Um, coronavirus stuff was there was a whole the the whole reason there's a separation between studio and movie theater like distribution is because then you create a monopoly for sure i i think it would be insane of us to think that in a post-coronavirus world where amc and those smaller midwestern movie chains are no longer viable and they have to just sell off wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden you see a disney or an apple or a Netflix or whoever go in and swoop it up and say, "Now I have the movie theater chain too." Well, you're assuming those companies have money. They're all bleeding. Like, they're everyone's bleeding money right now. Not just the theaters. Like Apple, Apple's bleeding money. Disney's not this. Not money. this podcast because we were never making money. <laughs> well, I'm talking. So. About, I'm talking about the big companies, though. You know what I'm saying? Like Disney's not going to have hey, the hey, Disney hey. and Apple are not going to have the capital. Big. Apple, Disney's not going to turn around in the pandemic like, "Yep." We're gonna go buy three thousand theaters just yeah, to show the, our our the movie thirty movies a year. The know? movie theaters aren't gonna hold to their. We're not no, 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 I agree. No, I, I agree. Oh, they will go bankrupt. I people agree. Are, with the you. only no, movie, not only that is people go no, to see are making movies on the blockbuster. Hold on, not only that though, but you also have to think in like a post coronavirus world, especially like the midwestern states where. You know, we're looking at thirty million Americans who are unemployed as sure. of this taping of this podcast. Mm-hmm. When things get back to normal. They're not going to the movie theater because they don't have jobs. They need sure. to save money. If there is a platform out there where it's like, I can go and watch that cool Black Widow movie, sure, it's on my crappy little 65, 80-inch TV, they're going to opt for that over going to the movie theater. Depends on the price. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah right. 15, 20, bu- 15 20 bucks for an entire family of four compared to going to the movies true. where it's 50 Each. $60? Each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. Yeah. But they need but better they cl- model. They clearly need each other. So it, this fighting is hilarious to me because it's a non-issue. As soon as the things open back up, yeah, they might fight for a month or two more. But then it's gonna be like we're both 
losing money. Yeah. Theor- I mean, we're gonna the put stu- the movies back in the theater. The studios only need theaters for blockbusters. Uh, the the mid tier, right. your mid tier movies and everything have already found go straight to new VOD. homes on streaming. In fact, yeah. people prefer it that way. Your Oscar baits, you know, Oscar bait movies. Give me uh, my free screener. Yeah. yeah. Well, not the screener, but <laughs> no, like, no, in terms no, no. of no, shut up. <laughs> but, it, but, in, but, in ter- but in terms of streaming it, like on a Netflix, on a Disney Plus or whatever, like oh, I, I see what you're people saying. People are like, uh, you know, unless you're a film nerd, right? And you're like, I gotta go see it on the right aspect ratio on the right screen. You know, that's that's why the, you pay the premium for the movie theater experience because you're getting it on the correct screen with the correct sound and blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, yeah, but most people don't care. Hmm. To the future, who knows what it holds. But one future that's not happening during the coronavirus period is season six of Black Mirror. Why? Because things are depressing. (laughs) Black Mirror is literally too depressing for the present reality. It's insane. So the creator came out and said, (laughs) right now is not a good time to put season six out because everyone's sad. And he's absolutely right. Why doesn't he make a happy season of Black Mirror? Because that's I feel like they would fuck with people too hard. But there are there are some like funny or happy episodes of Black Mirror. Or, Not or, enough. Or the Miley that, Cyrus one's pretty funny. Yeah, that one that one's a little more lighthearted. There's um there's a couple. Yeah, no, he's right though. Uh, the reason I can't watch Black Mirror is because it is so dark and depressing, uh, and I can't watch episode after episode of that kind of television. I, and so you know, just based on that alone, that might be lighthearted episodes. But to put out a full season of just really dark, dystopian futures because of bad technology. It's just too real. Why don't I just do a documentary for like <laughs> the sixth season? It's just like the actual creator living at home in this new world. That's hilarious. Trying to write a new season of Black Mirror. Like, that is the darkness of it. Yeah, but it... Oh, man. It's still too dark. I mean, have they... Sh- I mean, I guess here's the question. Have they shot season six already? Or is it... Well, so here's the thing that's weird about Black Mirror, right? Um... It all their production schedule kind of got screwed up with Bandersnatch. Right. They had to pump in a ton of resources into creating that. They said it like basically the the amount of time, effort, money, um, and everything that they put in that one episode is what they put into like four episodes, right? And these are all very high quality things, right? That's why when season um, five came out, it was only three episodes. But there was a rumor that there was another like three to five episodes out there that they were just going to release later last year. Never came. So no one knows if there's actually episodes out there that just haven't been released. It's kind of an unknown at this point. Hmm. Interesting. There might be, but we don't know. Unknowns suck. But you know what is better than the unknown? Having a cute plushy toy that we got somehow. Don't know how we got this. But we are actually giving this away uh, when we release our social clip later this week. If you go and you retweet and like the post and follow us and follow us <laughs> like and and follow like and follow if you like and follow the post uh, about what I'm about to talk about, which is specifically Boba Fett potentially being a Mandalorian, we'll be giving one lucky winner a brand new Hasbro plush uh, Baby Yoda slash the toy. Yeah, so. and for those who are listening to the pod and not necessarily watching this, go you know go find us on uh, at Was It Good um, on Twitter or Was It Good BTM on Instagram. Find this clip; it'll probably be the first one or near the top. Like we said, like and follow, and you too have the chance to be entered into winning this coveted item. Oh, baby. Slushy baby, baby Yoda. Yoda. 
So what is what is this Boba Fett nonsense? So Boba Fett. <laughs> As <laughs> I throw that away, you just killed Baby Yoda. So the actor who played the infamous Jango Fett slash Clone Trooper One, Clone Trooper Two, Clone Trooper Three, <laughs> all the Clone Troopers, uh, also did a bunch of voice work or re new voice work in episodes uh, five and six during the re-releases. Uh, the actor's name, and I'm going to mispronounce it, so forgive me. Tamora Morrison. That's pretty close, I think. Yeah, uh, he's actually supposedly Hollywood, re- or excuse me, Variety reported. Is it Variety or Hollywood Reporter reported? Well, everyone's reported. It. Everyone's reporting that he is going to make a return appearance. We don't know as what in Mandalorian season two. It's going to be a small part that we know. Allegedly, allegedly, everything's allegedly. This is all a grain of salt, but we like salt because it's good for the class. The report also says that he is likely playing Boba Fett, which makes no sense. Christian <laughs> brings up the fact that it makes no sense because a particular Boba Fett, who <laughs> he is, or the actor has been. How many Boba Fett's are running around? Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> no, uh, no, so no, no. The Boba Fett that we're familiar with, which was the uh, Django Fett's son from episode two, oh, no. lived through the Clone Wars. We actually see him in the Clone Wars animated series. Um, there are some graphic novels, um, specifically the Vader series, where he actually goes to um, Tatooine during episodes four and five to actually track down Luke. And he actually reveals, and this is can- 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 canical? Canon? Canon. He is this is canon that Boba Fett is the one that basically tells Vader that Skywalker that Luke is a Skywalker. And I forget how Boba Fett knows that Vader is uh Anakin Skywalker, but Boba Fett does know that as well. Um uh, but in episode six, as we all know, uh poor little Boba Fett gets supposedly eaten by the Sarlacc pick pit mm-hmm. on Tatooine. Now the Mandalorian does take place five years after Excuse me, five or six years after episode six. Uh, and there is an episode specifically in Mandalorian series, season one where they're on Tatooine. And at the very end of the episode, I forget which episode number it is. I should have probably done some research here. But the uh, actress who is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ming-Na. Ming-Na. So her character, if you remember, is supposedly shot. And at the very end of that episode, she awakens to a stranger standing over her. A lot of people speculated that was Boba Fett because of the shadow and some of the items that you can see. Maybe, oh, maybe oh, and not. He could bring her back alive, like he brought himself back alive. Correct. He figured <laughs> out immortality. So that's one theory I've heard. Um, I've, there's been so many. Christian, I like your theory. If you want to throw it in real quick. Uh, yeah. Who Tamora Morrison, yeah. who played Django Fett in Episode Two, could potentially be? Uh, that's uh, Captain Rex. Right? I mean, let's think about this, right? Uh, Captain Rex um, is a clone. What? Uh, and I don't know if this has actually been actually confirmed and made canon, but it is thought that the old man soldier in Return of the Jedi is Captain Rex. Now, Fanolini made it canon. Yes, but I've heard also other people come out and say in Disney, oh, we don't know, because of the, the racial backlash uh, that, oh, you're ma- whatever. We're not, we're not going to go there right now. No, let's go there. Uh, no. Um, so, uh, but Captain Rex, right? And we know Captain Rex uh, is probably alive. And there's another casting in Mandalorian Season 2, 
Rosario Dawson. God, I don't know her name. uh, Who's playing Ahsoka, and Ahsoka and Captain Rex have a are they're pretty much inextricably linked through the extra Star Wars stuff that we've seen. You're going to bring one character to the Mandalorian. Why the hell wouldn't you bring the other one? For anyone who watched the Clone Wars uh, finale last week, you'll know that they were together right at the end of the, the Clone Wars series. They come back together in Rebels. Uh, so And they come back together in Mandalorian. Breaking news confirmed by our own Christian Ramgopal. Thank you for confirming that. Well, well it's not confirmed. What? But... <laughs> You know, it just makes sense to me that uh, Tamara Morrison would be playing Captain Rex in Mandalorian Season 2 and not Boba Fett, since Boba Fett is still digesting in the Sarlacc pit, since it takes one to 2,000 years to be digested. The other theory that I read uh, <laughs> today, actually, from our from the, the good folks over at Gizmodo, was that it is not Boba Fett. Uh, instead, it's another clone. Yeah, I, yeah I kind of like, like that. I mean, there are there's there should be plenty of clones. Well, I mean, I guess they're dying off because they have accelerated aging. But yeah, there still should be a few around. I think either way, with this news, it was it's quite interesting. A lot, it's got a lot of people excited. I think the the news of Ahsoka being in Mandalorian got a ton of people excited. So season two for uh, Mandalorian is probably going to be we're going to be sitting. I mean, this is what's going to happen, right? It's most likely going to be a ten episode run again. It was ten episodes, right? Or is it eight? I thought it was eight. I or think six. it was eight. Hold on, just keep talking. It's going to be an X amount of episodes run. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get all this cool information about all these characters appearing, and they're not going to appear until the last like two episodes for fifteen seconds. This is what I hope they, which do. I love. Yeah, yeah. This is what I hope they do for season two of The Mandalorian. They make it like the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? So Ahsoka can be the good. Uh, what's his name? Gus Fring can be the bad. And Mandalorian can be the ugly. <laughs> he's under a helmet. You know, you never know. You, you just assume that he's ugly. Uh, it, it was eight episodes for season one. I knew it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, also, Michael Bean is going to be in this season. Fun fact. Who's Michael Bean again? Michael Bean is most infamously known to sci-fi fans as Kyle Reese in the original Terminator. He's going to be in it? He will. He will be uh, a bounty hunter. Very nice. That's all we know about Bo- him. Boba, Boba Fett's son. And like we said at the top of this, uh, if you are listening slash watching, hit up at Was It Good on Twitter, on Instagram at Was It Good BTM. Make sure you uh, follow and like, and you'll be entered for a chance to win this little guy right here. Shh, shh, stop talking. Uh, we will be announcing the winner next week um, during our live stream of the podcast on May 18th. You can find that on twitch.tv slash was it good to see if you are the lucky winner. Damn. I'm so excited. Oh, really? I win. And Christian Jr., you cannot enter. What? Ooh. Can Wait, I just make it like rules? a proxy? No, you, can, you can't do that. Yeah, make a fake account. Yeah, I'm going to do, yeah, yeah. do that. It's going to be called Good Quesadillas. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Disgusting. Anyway, Blacklist, an interesting. Ooh, was it CBS? Yeah, what the hell is Blacklist? Something like that, CBS. Wait, what is Blacklist? Blacklist <laughs> is uh, <laughs> our good friend who was originally Dr. Daniel Jackson. Oh. Uh, more recently, um, Ultra, the voice of Ultron. The voice of Ultron. Um, 
what's his name in the office? Hollywood. Robert uh, California. Robert California. California. Yep. What's his name? James Spader. James Spader. James. Spader. Is it James? Is yeah. Right? It's his. Uh, his. He's one of the leading men or actors or whatever you want to call it in that show. Um, their fin- final season was supposed to be during this last season run. Unfortunately, I don't think it's their final season. It's just their season finale. Their season finale. Sorry. Um, their season finale was supposed to obviously been shot with real people. Instead, we they weren't able to obviously get together and shoot everything that they needed, so they decided to animate it. So it's an animated Blacklist? It's an animated season finale of Blacklist. Yes, I believe partially. How animated. does that work? Do you want to take it away? So you just animate it. You can animate from home, right? No, no, I, I understand that. <laughs> how do you go... How? How? That, you, you're going. You're going from a show. Yes. That you shot live. Yeah. And you're gonna animate the finale. Isn't that gonna just pull you out? And it's the finale. It's not the whole season. Isn't it's that gonna, the season finale. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, so y- your whole season so far has been this live shot thing. Sure. And you're gonna have the finale. This guy. There'll be some animated. story. There'll probably be some story element in there. Like to, an acid trip. To explain. Yeah. Maybe some type of trip or <laughs> or something. I mean, uh, you know. These, have you? Have you? Creative. Do you know anything about the show? No. Basically, um, blacklist oh, is it's a blacklist. Yes. Basically, uh, James Spader's character like has all this information about all the criminals of the world. Mm-hmm. He's a shady dude. His daughter is like FBI, CIA, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And like they work together to bring down bad guys. And on okay. the side, uh, James Spader's character has like side bad things happening, but really he's a good guy, but he's bad. And her husband. I mean, I. I watched season one and two. Her husband's also like a bad person, but like not really bad because he realized he actually loves her. Yeah, it's a stupid show. <laughs> so how do you animate this thing to make it cohesive? Drugs. That's the only way well, I can so think the, this is the, If you look at the uh, article, the link I put in, they actually show a little piece of what the animation style will look like. Mm. And so it, like cell shading. Yeah, it's a, little like. bit, it's a little bit of cell shading kind of graphic novel style. Um, but I, I commend, I commend them for, you know, first of all, keeping people in work, uh, keeping jobs available and also just finding creative and different ways to tell your story without just having to shut it all down. It would have been way better if they just do the episode with James Spader sitting at home in his underwear and he is Skyping with his daughter about bringing in a bad guy. And that's the entire finale. But that's not creative. That's lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I... I think the laziness should win out here, not the creativity. Wow. Speaking I think it would be hilarious. So, I, like Arjuna said, I think that's really cool that they're, they're doing that. They're still giving their fans some story and something interesting here. Speaking of animated shows, Rick and Morty, their second episode premiered. Oh, yes. From the mid-season premiere of last week. The break. This is episode seven. Yes. You two, because you both wear glasses, decided to watch it. What did you think? Did you... Here's something I've always wondered in a post, or excuse me, in a corona-filled world. Are animated shows affected at all by the fact that you can't get a group of people together? No. Yay or nay? Wait, what do you mean, get a group of people together? Well, even with an animated show, you still would like your writers to get in a room together and oh, write I it see out. What you're saying. You would yeah, still yeah. want your voice actors to play off of each other as they're doing the recordings. And- yeah, actually, that doesn't happen very much these days, though. Just because a lot of voice actors I use are so busy, either because they're real life actors and they have a ton of other work, or because they're very, very good voice actors and are voice acting in a ton of stuff. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily always work out that the actors are bouncing off one another. Um, so I, I, I would say 
like anything, it is probably a little bit affected, but I think animated shows are the least effective of least affected of media, right? Yeah, you would think just so. because, you know, you are able to do a lot of it remotely. Now it's probably more work on certain animators. You can't as seamlessly share files and work off of stuff. Like I can't go into the office and work on something and then, you know, Jimmy comes in the next day and picks it up, right? If it's Oh, all, you know Jimmy? Yeah, you know, me and Jimmy go way back. Gotcha. But uh if I if I'm pretty, you know, if I'm animating a specific scene, I got to do it from front to back. Um and it's it's basically on me unless I want to zip up the file, export it, and share it. Um, and then someone has to download all those elements and do it. So mm. that's probably a little bit more difficult on the technical standpoint. But from a creative standpoint, I think, you know, online meetings, you can get a pretty similar feeling of being in a writer's room. Obviously, it's a little bit different, but you can still have that communication. So I think it... Yeah, I, I don't think it's a major hurdle. Mm. And it, it's funny because actually in the season premiere last week, there was a subtle reference to the pandemic. Uh, it turned out, uh, spoiler alert for those who have not seen the mid-season premiere, there's a whole thing about uh, storytelling and on a tra- and it turns out that they're on a toy train and this toy train falls off. And Rick is like, yeah, you know, consumerism is what it's all about. You got to buy stuff, especially in this pandemic. <laughs> uh, so they slipped in a little coronavirus Um reference and people were freaking out they're like oh my god they've had this episode in the can for months how did they do that like well it's animation (laughs) they can very easily change the uh change the change the mouth one line add a little line in there it's not gonna gonna be one of the most amazing feats of animation in like big series was south park during the i think it was the 2008 election where it was obama it was obama's first term Uh uh-huh and um, they had everything set to go like two different episodes of South Park based on who won. Yeah. And they built it out within 24 hours of everything, which was super impressive. If you if you listen to the creators of South Park talk about like how much they procrastinate on that show <laughs> in terms of just actually writing the episode and then animating it. Well, because first off, it's the nice thing about South Park, it's not a complex animation style. Um, so it doesn't take too long to animate, but they... Many times they have gone up to, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, like, delivering that episode to, was it Cartoon Network, Adult Swim? No, Comedy Central. Delivering it to Comedy Central at essentially the last minute before it hits air. I feel like that's more of them giving the finger to, the, like, the corporate executives. Well, I mean, they've also said that they're just heavy procrastinators and they do a lot of weed. I believe that. They do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And they can because the shows are going for like what 20 years? Yeah. yeah. Still has a loyal so, fan base. Yep. So did you two enjoy this uh this week's Rick and Morty? Like was it a ref- was it refreshing to see something that you loved mm. come back to? Oh this yeah, it was great. Fucked up time period. I actually thought I was watching the uh the the, the first episode after this mid-season break and I didn't realize it was the second one, so I haven't seen last week's, but I saw this week's. It's a continuity v- breaker. Very it is? Yeah. Oh, it's last week's uh Last week's is it's uh sets up this week's? No, it doesn't set up this week's, but it, it's just one that's just a big middle finger to everyone that's like, I want everything to be nicely have nice continuity and everything to be like a story arc and everything. Uh, it's it's actually very well done. Oh, last week's? Yeah, and I think as you as like as a writer will also appreciate it because it, it goes through like all the tropes of storytelling. Mm. Like literally they're on a circular like toy train that goes literally through, like, this is all the different tropes of writing you can go through. And a lot of people, there's a lot of actually good think pieces about, is this, you know, Dan Harmon essentially criticizing his own writing style? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, wh- what each thing represents. <laughs> like, um, 
there, there's basically the the antagonist of that episode is called the Story Lord. So people are like the Story Lord represents Adult Swim. Uh, Rick and Morty, ref, you know, represent the creators of the show wanting to do whatever the hell they want while the story lord's like we're just going to profit off of you we've given you seven seasons give us you know give us more of this this and this and they're just like yeah nah we're good nah we're good we good <laughs> nah we good bro but this episode i mean this episode was fine it was it was a pretty it was a pretty funny one they 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 had some dark dark humor and dark references in there oh uh, um, yes some 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 that might some might find some controversial for sure like, problematic uh, some nine eleven stuff. There was definitely oh, a, yeah, some Pearl Harbor jokes, yep. Yep. and you're just like, ooh, ooh. But uh, overall, though, yeah, I, I liked it because it is a return to normalcy. This is I haven't watched, you know, that's someone watched Rick and Morty was before the pandemic, so mm-hmm. it's still Rick and Morty. It's still you know nothing. It doesn't feel any different, uh, and and to me that's a good thing. It's uh, it reminds me of better times. So yeah. The humor's still there. The the, the bite is still Controversy's there. Controversy is still there. Controversy. The and then just the goofy sci-fi setting. Yeah. You know, they're so. What I love about the show is they're so creative with what they do with the sci-fi elements, right? Uh, and then using those to dictate where the story goes, you know, or dictate what the story is about. I, and I love it because it's it might be my favorite piece of like sci-fi satire. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it's it's my favorite my favorite piece of content in terms of how they use sci-fi in a in a general sense. They get very creative with it, like Pickle Rick, for instance. Like yes, that is such a classic. But like what they do with it, it's just so like I don't know what drugs they have to do to get into the headspace to come up with some of those things. But it's a lot of drugs, is my guess. It's all the drugs. It's all of them. Yeah. So you would both say then it was good. Then it was very good. Very good. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna do it for us today. Don't we have one more piece of news we didn't get to? That's like ten more. There's like a thousand more pieces of news. Well, it was Star Wars related, so I figured we'd want to. I mean, we can touch on this real quick. Hayden Christian is supposedly returning to the Obi Wan series. Uh, the Obi Wan series, though, is kind of a joke right now because it's already gone through one rewrite. Then the coronavirus happened, and then there's just a rumor that supposedly Hayden Christian is, is appearing. Uh, all we know, and actually, to be honest, this isn't even confirmed either, is that the series will take place eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Which puts us smack in the middle. It puts us, uh, was it three years after Fall, Jedi Fallen Order? It puts us about two. Nope. Puts us, hold on. Doing math. Math is hard. I think four years, five years before Rebels, roughly. Mm. And how, how how long is Rebels before episode four? Two years. So Luke is what? Uh, then 16? Uh, in, in yeah, he's a, he's a kid. But he's not 12. No. He is supposed to be like 18, right? Oh, no, so I have no idea. 17. No, he's supposed to be 16. 16, 16 17. 18. It's around then. Yeah. No, who, who cares? Sometimes. <laughs> just, just. Anyway, Hayden Christian re- reprising his role in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I think the most interesting thing Hopefully here... Hopefully flashbacks. Exactly. I think we talked about this a little bit off offline here is, you know, Synergy Corporate America, um, <laughs> is that Obi-Wan Kenobi's series would not be a straight linear story. It would be a flashback story because it would be wildly more interesting and a different take on... I think that'd be great. He's, wa- he's watching over a young Luke Skywalker while thinking back to a young Anakin. I mean, that uh, 
if, if that doesn't give you chills, I don't yeah. know what. And will. not even it's that. I, I think you can explore other parts of his life too, like cast cast Sabine. A, Cast well, and cast a kid to play him, and when he first met Qui Gon, DH Liam Neeson, bring him back. You know, DH I mean? him, no, yeah, keep him the same. He's a little <laughs> old now, but you know what I mean. Like I, I think you can do a lot of cool and interesting stuff, especially with the character of Obi Wan, right? Like if this is his series and this is his show, this is basically. I'm, we're obviously we've seen a lot of his life. You know, you could definitely pack in a lot of the missing holes, you know, between episodes one and two, between episodes two and three, a little bit pre episode one, between episodes three and four, and really like make it a very compelling. It should really just be three time periods. It should be, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi as a young, you know, scrappy young lad, you know, with Qui-Gon going on some adventures. It should also hit upon, like you said, the, uh, it should be Anakin and Obi-Wan Kabuzi, during episode between episode one and two, and it should be during the actual, you know, eight years after whatever. Mm-hmm. It should all those two other periods should tie into his training, his mentorship of you know watching over this kid from afar. You know, I could easily see like an episode where it's Luke is attacked by Tuscan Raiders and he wants to jump in and help, but he needs to learn not to jump in. And then you flash back to like a period when he was a young, a young, whatever the fuck. And then when he had his actual apprentice, I I think it should be honestly a flashback heavy show. Like I don't, I think it would kind like, I think it would be ridiculous to think like Obi-Wan got onto like all these adventures in between episodes three and four, you know, like I think he was primarily a hermit who did very simple things. Like I, to me, when I watch episode four, when he reignites that lightsaber, it's been a long time since he's reignited that lightsaber. And I think we, I think if we, he also break says Obi Wan. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. right? Well, hold on. I mean, we know. I know. I know he fights Maul and everything. Yeah, that's three that, years before. But that should be the that should be the one exception in my mind. There shouldn't be much more other than that. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, I'm shocked they haven't. I'm sure Liam Neeson's got to get cast in this thing, right? Especially as a Force Ghost. Yeah, you exactly. know he's training him. L- one of the last things Yoda says to Obi Wan, if it's not the last, it's one of the last, is like, uh, "I've got training for you. Learn to communicate with your old master. I have, or whatever. You know, so he's going to give him training to learn how to talk to Qui Gon, who can show him how to become a Force Ghost. Yeah, so I mean, Liam Neeson's got to be in this thing. I when won't... was that, by the way? What do you mean? When was that? When does Qui Gon say that? Uh, Qui Gon doesn't no, say. Yoda, Yoda says, says it that to Obi Wan oh, at the end oh, of episode. I've got training for you. I've learned how to communicate with your old master. When did? But when does Yoda communicate with Qui Gon? Is that in the Rebels series that we hear it? Yes, it is. Right in season six, I believe. I think so. Around that period. Yeah, I don't remember. In One Clone of the episodes Wars, in yeah. Clone Wars series. Yeah, he shows up. I mean, Qui Gon shows up twice. He shows up in the Mortis arc, right? And then I think he, he shows up in season six. And then he shows up. He talks to Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on the Was It Good podcast. Like we said, a little bit different. We're not super focused right now on any particular series. That being said, if you have a series or a movie that you want us to review or discuss, please definitely hit us up at Was It Good uh, on Twitter. We definitely respond there first and foremost. We're also on at Was It Good BTM on Instagram. And then we live stream these podcasts every Monday around 6 o'clock Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Was It Good. I'm your host, Baby Yoda. Have some bone broth for me.